Welcome to EMG Transformations with Dan Stoll. Each episode will empower you to ignite your inner fire and provide methods to maximize your mental and physical performance. You never know how one valuable insight can make such a big impact. Please leave a five-star review if this episode leaves a positive impact on you. And don't be shy to screenshot and share episodes on social media that you find helpful so we can spread the message and make the world a better place. You never know who may need to hear and the impact it has on them too. We're only scratching the surface. There's so much more to learn. Subscribe and stick around to manage stress, improve your health, and create lasting lifestyle changes. Buckle up and get ready to spark your transformation with Nova Fusion. Welcome to EMG Transformations. I'm excited to introduce a resilient, high performer, Mr. Rob Parson. Rob is a baseball and mental performance coach. He's also the host of the Transform Your Performance podcast, which aims to enhance your mental performance in sports, work, and daily life. I love his unique view of breaking down big ideas into simple, actionable steps to improve and get results. You guys are in for a treat today. Thanks for joining us, Rob. Oh, thank you for having me. And thanks for the intro, man. That was cool. Yeah, man. We uh, kicked it off a couple times now, but we're just continuing that conversation, talking about personal development, mindset, and transformation. So I'm, I'm really excited today. And to really kick things off, let's start with your backstory and some of those experiences that shaped you into who you are, but also down the path into mental performance. Yeah, so um, this is a good one, uh, <laughs> at least. I um, so I played I played professional baseball. I played three years of indie ball. Um, I always say it was an unglorious career because through injuries slash politics, you know, I just didn't really make it and uh, didn't have a large experience playing, but I did have some. Um, I played against some really cool people. But uh, in the offseason, when I was playing pro ball for those three years, I was a strength and conditioning coach at this place called Revolution Athletics. Um, shout out to Justin Cull. He, uh, he got my start there. And that was initially what I thought that I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach, own my own gym, you know, after I was done playing baseball. And what eventually happened was I really liked it, but... I was like, this is, this doesn't quite fulfill me the way that I thought that it would. Um, so I just thought, okay, this is a good job to do in the off season is something that gets me stronger, gets me better, et cetera, and so forth. And throughout that whole time, I'm focusing on helping kids that aren't really in the best situation. So it was more about life skills anyway. And then when I retired from baseball, I decided I wanted to be a college baseball coach and a head coach for a big D big time D one program. And so I get a hitting coach job right out of, right as I uh, retire. 
because I had a buddy who was working for a college. He just got me a job and I liked it. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was very hectic just because of the school and the way that it was. So I decided, and I was, it was in Boston. So I just decided I'm done with the cold and I applied to every school in California with the hopes of getting into LA. And I got reached out by West Los Angeles college by a guy named Murphy Sua. And he gave me a chance. He basically, he asked me two questions in the interview and it was, what position did you play? And when can you get out here? <laughs> and so I said, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll get out there in September. So I just rushed out there, right? I rushed out here. And about a month in, I realized I don't want to be a head coach. I didn't like all the administration stuff that he was doing. I was very nervous about what I needed to do. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to be a, an assistant coach for the rest of my life. But the only way to do that, to make money, would be to be a head coach somewhere. And so I was having like a little mini crisis. Until one day, Murphy Sua's son, Justin Sua, came and talked to us uh, about what he does. Now, he's the mental performance coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. And they, he just happened to be in between series against the Angels and the Dodgers. He just had an off day. So he came and he talked to us, did a workshop with us. And the whole time he was talking, I kept thinking that I want to do that. So I asked my boss, what do I do? And he said, uh, what do I do to pursue it? He said, great. You're excited about it now. Uh, let's come back to me in a week and then we'll see how you feel about it. So I look into the field. I don't even look into what I need to do to get into the field. I just look at what people are saying, what they're teaching, how they relay information, et cetera, and so forth. And I went back to my boss three weeks later and I said, what do I need to do in order to pursue this? And he said, you know, I asked you to come to me in a week and it's been three weeks, right? And I said, yep. And he goes, okay, you want this. This is what you do. And he laid out the whole, the whole basically shebang, like what to do and I've followed it ever since. Man, talk about like knowing the right people and putting yourself in the right situation and overall knowing what you want. And that's kind of what it boiled down to. It's like you had to go through that trial and error. Like, I thought I want this, but it rerouted you a little bit closer and closer until the point where it's like that. I want that right there. So I love that. And, you know, really with the mental performance, something that you said is, you're just teaching them like life skills too. Like that's also so much, so part of it. So I'm curious, like how much of life and performance is that mental side? I, well, it's almost 100%, um, <laughs> yeah. is, at least in my opinion. Um, I think that life is all performance. Um, now, there are going to be some people who listen to this and think that when I say performance, I mean, you know, you're putting on a facade. But I, I don't actually mean that. In some instances, you're going to. You're going to put on a facade because we tell stories and narratives about ourselves. We tell ourselves that. And we also tell stories and narratives about other people. Those other people might not have the same narrative that you do, but we all have stories. That's how we kind of connect with each other is through stories. And in life, there's a lot of performance in general to make those stories happen. 
So you have to go out and do things. You have to do, you have to perform in general life. You have to do well in work. You have to do well in your relationships. You have to do well as a mother or a father, if you are, or a son or a daughter, um, whatever it may be. And there's millions of decisions that we're making every day, every week, which requires some kind of performance. So the study of sports psychology or performance psychology, which is something I'm in, is basically the study of how you can take what happens with athletes and what happens with elite performers and apply it to your life. Mm. That's good because one of my other questions were like, what have sports taught you about life? And we can like segue into that because I've learned so much with sports growing up with basketball as my main sport for like nearly 20 years now, since I was like five years old. And so all of those like teamwork, getting through resilience, overcoming failure, I don't want to steal your words, but like those are some things that I have learned and I'm still using those skills today. So I'm curious, like what have sports taught you in life? Uh, well, I mean, my main sport, as you know, as I said, was baseball. And um, if you can't handle failure in baseball, you're not going to be able to handle failure in general. Uh, failure is baseball is a failure, uh, a sport of failure. Um, we, if we succeed three out of 10 times, we're going to be hall of fame caliber players, which is an insane thing to say. It is not true. That's not true in any other sport. You know, in basketball, you, you should be at a 50% or higher field goal percentage to be even considered good. You know, I know in football with quarterbacks, you need at least, you know, you want a 60% a completion percentage in order to be considered great. I mean, it's, it's always leaning on the other side of 50%, on the positive side of 50%. In baseball, if you go 40% in one season, you've had the greatest season of all time. So you're it's it's that's that's a main thing for me is the overcoming failure. And one of the things that I learned about failure through sports and through playing baseball in general is that it's very linked with success. The only way that you can succeed is if you fail multiple times beforehand. You know, I didn't know how to hit a curveball until I sucked at hitting it over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden it was just, oh, I recognize it. And that was kind of built through my dad would throw me curveballs in the living room with no seams. And he'd throw a fastball in my head. Then he'd throw a curveball. It would drop over the over the plate. And now I have to hit it. And there's no seams. I can't see it. I'm just figuring out path. Um, failure is how you learn. Yes, you can learn from successes. But failure is where you learn the most. So in order to fail, you go got to put yourself out there. You got to put yourself in a position to fail because that's also putting you in a, a position to succeed. If you marry the two and you recognize that they're not really different, it's basically just one thing didn't go your way, or you just got to learn a few things here and there from failure and success. You'll understand that you're not far off from success when you fail. All you have to do is just get up, try again. And that's my opinion. That's what a growth mindset is. Um, but that's kind of what I learned from playing sports. Yeah, I always say like every setback is a stepping stone to success. And 
that's really like what failure is in sports. You're putting that repetition in and it's, it's an experience. You're going to learn something and then that's going to lead to growth. And, you know, like talking about like that uh, present moment, I was listening to a podcast, like that surfer mentality, like how much is like that, like with failure, because I almost feel like that's the difference between like good and great is being able to navigate through that failure and, you know, staying calm and like throughout those crashing waves, like staying present and steady. Yeah. So, uh, the surfer mentality is awesome. Like, um, I just did an episode on that, but basically, um, what the surfer mentality is, is for those listening is when, uh, surfers don't know when they're going to get good waves again, good waves are hard to come by. So when a good wave comes, they just enjoy it, whether they fail, whether they succeed, they're enjoying the fact that they're riding this wave. And when it's over, all they're doing is they're worrying about the next wave and what's currently happening. Because if they keep worrying, if they're during surfing, during surfing that wave, if they worry about the next wave or they worry about how they messed up the last one, then they're not going to enjoy the moment and succeed at riding the wave the best they can that they currently have. So surfers typically have the best mindfulness. Um, And the studies show that being mindful, meaning being in the present moment, as you said, um, leads to more happiness, but it also leads to better performance. And the reason for that is because we're not thinking about the past where we might have screwed up or we might have done better. We're thinking about what we need to do in this current moment. And it doesn't matter if you're happy, sad, angry, excited, It doesn't matter what your emotion is. If you're in the moment, you're actually going to do a better job of overcoming whatever emotions that you have and then performing. And if you're worried about the future, then you're going to fail in that moment because you don't see what's right in front of you. So being in the moment is incredibly important and essential. I actually think it's the cornerstone of mental skills. I think without mindfulness, you can't branch off to any other mental skill at all Um, because you need that base. You need that base of acknowledging whatever you're going through, being in the current moment and focusing on the task at hand and being able to bring yourself back to the task at hand because you're going to get distracted. You're going to get there's going to be things that happen. And then from there, you can use other mental skills that will help you get through whatever it is you're going to do. Yeah, I was listening to that episode. and I'm like, I got to talk about it today because it it just hit me so good. And that mentality really goes with everything in life. Like we were talking about how mental performance extends out into daily life, your career, your relationships. I knew this is something that I had to overcome is that anxiety of like that future mistake. It's not that I was like judging based off of my past ones, but it's just like, I don't want to mess up, not from like a failure or like a fear but it was like I just had this like thing where I didn't want to do that and so I would always like overthink of like all these things and then that would put me in this like analysis paralysis and I'm just not getting anything done so there's so many ways that like our minds can get the best of us but then when we go back in the present moment take it step by step 
like in basketball, that's what I love. It's just dribble by dribble, play by play, movement by movement, baseball. It's like pitch by pitch, like all of those things that really brings you back to that center. And honestly, like the less I think when I'm in those situations and the more I just be and do the better I'm going to perform. So I love doing those types of things to remind myself, like, this is what it feels like to be in flow and to try and get to that state and other areas of my life. So love that we're talking about this. And as a side question, you brought up the mindfulness. Do you like, do you practice meditation? I do. Yes. I, uh, I do 12 minutes a day. Um, I, I follow Amishi Jaws, um, regimen. She wrote a book called peak mind and she puts the entire schedule there and it's worked with the military. It's shown a lot of results. Um, basically what I like about it is that it's also flexible. Um, so even though, so the first four weeks, you kind of have to do what she's saying and it's only five days a week, 12 minutes every day. Um, but you can go beyond it and you can, you know, kind of take whatever you want from it. So at fifth week you go, okay, what do I need to work on today? Cause there's four different types of meditations that she does um, with there. And after that, after the four weeks of going through that regimen, it's just basically up to you. So I do at least 12 minutes a day, um, sometimes more. Um, and if I'm really busy, sometimes less, but I make sure that I get it first thing in the morning because it helps me focus. And since I started meditating, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how much happier I am. Doesn't matter what I go through. I, you know, it's generally speaking, I'm happier um, with myself and much more focused on the moment as well. Nice. Yeah. I was going to ask you like, what are those benefits? I was thinking like the mental clarity and the focus, but you also mentioned the happiness, which everyone wants to be a little bit more happier. And I think we all got 12 minutes a day to do that. So that's a, a tool that, you know, we all can apply st- as soon as today, stuttering over my words here. <laughs> but um, Yeah, man, I think that's really important. And it comes back to this stoic philosophy idea that I really like that's controlling what you can control and only focusing on that. So can you talk about your perspective on that? Oh, man, stoicism is awesome. Um, I've gotten much more into it since I got into this field for obvious reasons, but, um, yeah, so I I can tell you now that I used to be a guy who I I focused on everything I couldn't control. It was always somebody else's fault. It was never mine. Um, and it kind of relates into the self-serving bias, which is when you do something good, it's because you worked hard. It's because you're you're good at whatever it is that you're doing or, you know, et cetera. And so if all the reasons are because of you. But if something bad happens, let's say it's in baseball, it's the umpire's fault. It's your teammate who didn't get the job done or something. That's a self-serving bias. Now, it comes from a good spot. We're looking to protect ourselves. Um, we are trying to make ourselves feel better, basically. But it doesn't work. So in terms of growth, it doesn't help us get better. It doesn't help us learn. It doesn't help us be the best we can be. Um, The way that we do that is we focus on what we can control and take accountability. So with me, 
control and accountability are intertwined. And even if there's it's majority not your fault, there's always something that you could have done. There's always something that you can take accountability for. So the way I recommend handling things like that is whenever something happens, you just write down stuff. I'm a big proponent of journaling and writing things down. You know, when something good happens, you do this. When something bad happens, you do this. Write down what was in your control in this situation that made this happen and write down what was out of your control in this situation that made this happen. And you'll find that there's a ton of more, ton more things that are out of your control in both. So in, so in the good situations, you just get lucky sometimes. And in the bad situations, you got unlucky. And then there's things that are in your control. But if you focus on those things that are in your control, and you just go, okay, that was out of my control. I recognized it. It's cool. Now I don't have to focus on it. Now you can focus on what you can do to learn and get that better. Again, whether good or bad, you're now focusing on what's important that you can control on. That you can control, I mean, rather than what is out of your control. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really like how you get 1% better each day when you're really focusing on those controllables. You're not wasting time on the things that you can't really influence. And if you can, it's like you're putting all this effort just to move it by like an inch where you could do uh, all this effort and move a mountain over here because it's stuff that you can actually move and control. So I love that. And it's really the thing that got me out of a victim mentality, actually, when I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease, had two surgeries that removed my colon the world was against me at that point. Like nobody could tell me otherwise. And I was just like in this resentful mentality at that point. But when I did finally read those books and figure out that there is a lot that I can't control, but there's a lot that I can control at the same time. And that's when I just started putting all of my focus and efforts on the things that I can control. And you don't even look at that other list anymore. It's just not even worth your time. So it's really been an idea that has completely transformed my life and performance as well. So I love it. Yeah, I know. That's, I mean, I've always loved your story. That's why I come on here. And um, that's, uh, that's really cool. I mean, and you're right. It, it gets to a point where you just don't look at it. Or you might look at it for a second just to acknowledge, you know, maybe one day you're feeling sick. It's like, okay this is kind of supposed to happen. You know, it, it is what it is. You just, what can I do to make myself feel like at least, at least a little bit better right now? So your mind is immediately going to what the next actionable steps are, which is that's performance, whether people realize it or not, that is performance. So, <laughs> cause you're trying to perform in your daily life and it can go be down to something as little as that, or something as big as I got to go in front of a, 40,000 fans and hit this baseball, you know, it's all, everything is different. It's all relative, but you can use the same tricks in something like that versus something where you're performing in front of thousands of fans. Yeah. And now another thing that I've really been learning more about to, you know, go from good to great is putting those systems in place to repeat that success and continue those good results. So I'm curious, how do you structure systems in your life or how do you help 
you know, when you're coaching, help people structure their systems to improve their performance? Oh, this is a great <laughs> question. I love this. So um, I, I, I've been saying all the time when, it, when there's something good or there's something bad, there's a symptom, there's a system in place and it's just a matter of what the system is. So if you are, let's say overweight, um, you have health issues and you're not succeeding in your work life. There's a system there. You're not eating well. You're making all the bad decisions. You're not going to the gym. You're, you're making bad decisions. You're watching Netflix all day. You're making little bad decisions over and over again. If you are an elite athlete, if you are um, very healthy, you're successful in your life, in your professional life, in your relationships, there's a system there too. Maybe you're going to therapy. You're seeing, you're going to the gym every single day. You're eating well. You're doing the work when you need to, but you're being in the present moment as well. There, basically what the systems are, and this is what I use with coaching, is it's just little decisions. Every single decision you make adds up. So this is from James Clear, and he talks about this in his book called Atomic Habits. He he says that it's not going to affect you one day, right? You know, if you eat like ice cream one day, let's say, it's not going to be the end of the world. You'll still have a six pack that day. You know, <laughs> it'll just be you ate one day of ice cream. But if you the when it becomes bad, it becomes a habit. You just eat it every day. You think, I can do this. It's fine. You can't justify it for every day. So his rule is never two times in a row. I understand you're not going to be perfect. No person is going to be perfect. But a good system is basically uh, hinged upon, uh, in, uh, contingent upon the fact that, so now I'm stumbling over my words, contingent upon the idea that it's, um, never two times in a row, never two days in a row. And I actually give my athletes even more leeway in that I go, don't make it three days in a row. If it's it third day in a row, yeah. If it's the third day in a row, force yourself to go. Um, because it's a lot of work. So there's a lot of time management that goes into that. There's a lot of scheduling. And you have to be willing to deviate from the plan periodically because things change, things happen. You have to be ready to. But generally speaking, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done this day. And you're going to tell yourself just for today, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And if it doesn't happen, that's fine. But you never sell yourself tomorrow. You always tell yourself just for today. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And it's putting like rules in your systems too. like, you know, don't do this twice a day, don't do this three times a day. And, you know, you have these like, these set structures in place, and you're doing the things that you know, you need to do. But then you also have those things to hold you accountable. And I think even people like having an accountability partner, that's another great way to ensure that your system is, you know, moving and, you know, continuing on a consistent rate. So I love that. And then you also mentioned being adaptable, which, you know, that kind of that's where it might be confusing. It's like we got this like rigid system, but you can also be flexible. And, you know, I love that, too, because like that is what 
no day is the same. And you know what you you can plan all day for something, but then life is going to hit you with a curveball and it's going to give you something else. And you have to adapt in those situations. And, you know, one of our our mentors, our role models, uh, Bruce Lee, we can't have this conversation without mentioning him. You know, he was very, you know, he, he that's what he talked about. He had his own unique system, but then he was also adaptable with it. And he used what was best for him in specific situations. And, you know, now that we're, we're bringing him up, I got to know, like, how has Bruce influenced and impacted your life and even your brand? Um, well, uh, so I may not look it, but I'm actually part Chinese. I'm a quarter Chinese. So, uh, Bruce Lee is, uh, was kind of my first d- deep dive outside of star Wars. Cause I was a young kid when star Wars came out. Uh, well, not came out when I saw it. Um, and, and so, uh, he was my first deep dive into mental performance. Really? I mean, I didn't realize it was that, but um it was at first i was just like he is so cool i want to do everything that he does you know i want to be physically like this dude and he's small and i was small i was a little guy and uh i'm like okay let's do everything he's doing like you know the 600 push-ups he was doing a day you know whatever it was so but then i started you know listening to him and the quote that everybody knows where we talk about is be like water. Um, and that's what you were referring to is the kind of flow, be with the ebb and flow, um, and be calm when you need to, but crash down as well. Um, you know, you can be strong, but you also can take on the form of whatever is holding it is holding you. Um, from there it was like, okay, how can I live daily life like this? What can I do in my life that's similar to this? And there was a lot of, you know, with my hitting, it was like, okay, be loose, have flow, relax. And then, you know, snap. Um, So I did the same thing with throwing. I did, you know, the same thing again, when my approach to life, when I'm taking a test, I was hard, you know, I just coming at it hard. Um, when I was being tested, it was hard. I had that mentality, but I was also calm. So that was like what he talks about with the yin and the yang. You know, that's similar. That's what basically water is. It's yin and yang. So there's a balance and it's finding that balance and finding that balance in you and what you need in order to perform. And Bruce Lee kind of just got me on that path in the first place. Yeah, you said finding that balance in you. And that's like the key words that really stuck out. And, you know, we all are going through life and we all have our unique experiences. And it's our job to find like where we fit in those situations, because life will strike and give us these experiences, these, these things that are going to test us and even opportunities. But We got to step into that and be adaptable throughout all those situations and then learn from those situations, even if it's a failure, like, why did this happen? And what's this propelling me to go forward in? And, you know, what can I take from this and apply it next time? And, you know, those are the things that I learned from Bruce and I put those into daily life and just having that like 
fusion philosophy. That's where fusion comes from for me is like putting all those things into my own unique system. And then I talk about creating your own system. Like I can share my system, but I encourage you to create your own and be different than mine and find out what works for you. So it's just a really cool concept. And yeah, like you said, like an introduction to mental performance, um, it, it truly is. So I love that we're bringing awareness on it and talking about it because we can't let this legend, um, you know, fade out. He, he lives forever. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And uh, it's, you know, like you're talking about with the systems, I mean, um, your system and Bruce Lee's system are also going to be different. Um, and so, you know, when I talk to athletes, it's like, I can use examples. Sure. Maybe you like this guy, um, but he's got a different personality than you. He's got a different body than you. So how how are you going to incorporate what he's doing and see what works for you? And it's like, my job really is to know what work, what who that person is, right? Hmm. And then and then a lot of it is, okay, what do you think? So 90% of my job is asking questions, not even trying to lead them in any direction. It's just, hey what do you think is going on? What, what, why don't you tell me, why don't you tell me what you are best at? And then it's like, okay, I'll make suggestions based on their answers. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm asking a lot of questions, they're coming up with a lot of answers themselves. And those systems are really things that they come up with. They're just getting a little bit of a push from people like me, you, those kinds of things. Um, that's the goal of mental performance is they know what they, they need to do. They might not realize it. So we're just, I'm just trying to kind of bring it out and unleash it with them. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like we all know what we need to do. Sometimes we need that push. And Bruce actually said like a great teacher doesn't tell you what to do, but he's merely a catalyst that you know, drives you in the right direction and ask questions, like you said, like, what do you think about this? What do you think you should do? And like, just getting them to think on their own and make those decisions, because they know what they need to do. They don't need like us to impose our will on them. And then if they do make that decision, and it goes wrong, they'll point the finger at us, like, they need that learning experience as well. And, you know, that's what it is, is like being that catalyst to let them you know, experiment, make mistakes, and then learn and get better because we do truly learn the most from those mistakes. So it, it's such a good philosophy to adopt. No, yeah, I, I agree. And, and that's, that's kind of where it started for me with Bruce Lee as well is that you talked about being the catalyst. I went back during my coaching career, just regular coaching. And I saw that and I was like, oh, I think I'm coaching wrong. Because when I was a strength and conditioning coach, it was like, you got to do it this way. Listen to me, do it, do it. And I, it, you know, and it wasn't really, I wasn't a psycho. I was just saying like, you know, I was just telling them, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. And they couldn't really get it. And they couldn't understand with their body and things like that. And then my boss was like, Hey man, you, you are not going to do this for them. They have to do it themselves. They have to learn how to get their knees up on their own. And just because you can learn it fast doesn't mean that they can. I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> I, I, that's, again, I went back to Bruce Lee and that was 
the thing that I had to overcome a lot. Um, and even in the beginning of my mental performance career, it was, uh, my mentality was, and I didn't realize it until I kind of evaluated myself. My mentality was, who am I going to mental skills today? Who am I just going to get better today? Um, but I'm not, I'm not the hero. And that goes back to what I said earlier. We all tell stories about ourselves. How often is another person the hero in your own story? Never. So I recognize that I'm not the hero in any of the athlete story that I that I am a part of. They're just, I'm just their Yoda. They're Luke Skywalker. So I just take a step back. And if you look at the way Yoda handled Luke, he was a ton of questions and very vague. And he didn't really, you know, the whole do or do not, there is no try. Nobody really understands what that means. <laughs> you know, or at least Luke didn't at that moment. Um, it's a, it's really cryptic, but it's like that on purpose. Cause he's trying to get Luke to unlock what he does the best. And that's now I'm like, okay, I want to be more like Yoda. And you know, I, I fall back into those patterns I'm sure, a lot, but then when I catch it, it's just, okay, get back to being curious and let them kind of figure it out. Yeah. It's like the surfer's mentality coming back. Like once that wave comes, it'll crash, but then we got to come back to center and like find that present moment again. And you know, that that's really what it is. It's like that uh victor frankl says it's like that moment between like the stimulus and the response and just shortening that like thinking time and not reacting so um you know life happens we all have those things but the quicker we can come back to center that's what really matters and not beating yourself up too. like actually celebrate yourself when you do come back to center like yeah, that was only like two hours. <laughs> like you want to yeah, bring that up, but like get it to 30 minutes. But like, you know what I mean? Like just like shortening that up. So um yeah, I, I love how this conversation has been turning out. I actually got two more questions and then we'll wrap it up. Something that I'm curious about is what are some of your daily habits that you do to get and stay on fire? Ooh, I like that. All right. So um, I have a morning routine and I got this from Justin Sua, this expression. The um, He's my one of my mentors. Um, win the morning. Um, I'm a very competitive person. So the idea of winning something is very appealing to me. And <laughs> most athletes are like that. So uh, it's the expression that I use, win the morning. If I wake up looking at my phone, I lost. So the first thing I do when I wake up is, you know, I, I'm, I take something from Andrew Huberman and I go into direct sunlight and depending on how brighter it, bright or not it is, I'm just looking directly towards the sun where it would be. And it's basically to get my circadian rhythm on point as well as my dopamine system going so i'm already feeling good because i got some sunlight then i take a cold shower because i don't have an ice tub so i go three to five minutes in a cold shower which already gets me hyped because you get out and you're like whoo you're like you know so <laughs> you're just excited um and after that i meditate uh you know i eat breakfast 
And actually I eat breakfast after I go to the gym because I like to um, fast, uh, fast workout. So I, uh, I go to the gym six, five to six days a week and work out hard. And I just, and then after that, I, I eat and the rest of my day is already set. It's great. <laughs> there it is. Optimizing your life with the systems. <laughs> like that's how you do it guys. And I thought it was interesting. You get out of that cold plunge, you're jacked up, you're ready to go, but then you go into the meditation, <laughs> which that's it. Like now that I think about it, it's like you're going from one extreme to the another. And we're talking about like getting that, like coming back to center like you're stressed up, you're amped up when you're in that cold and then coming back to just sitting and breathing, like that's, that's great for stress management actually. So I'm going to start doing that. You're challenging me over here. So I love, I love that. It. Yeah. <laughs> so man, this is, this has been a fire conversation. I got one last question before we wrap things up. What's been the greatest lesson or piece of advice received that has made the biggest impact on you? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I would have to say it's from my dad. Um, he's the one who kind of inadvertently got me down this path. Um, cause he, he did all these tricks with it and we both had no idea. Um, that he was doing it. He didn't say a word to me when I was playing, during playing baseball. The only thing that he would say to me is next pitch. So when I was starting to lose it mentally, it would be, he'd say, Hey, next pitch. And that would be my reminder that the only pitch that matters is the next one didn't matter what happened in the past it mattered or what happens in the future it's just what are we doing like you said earlier pitch by pitch in baseball that's it next pitch and if um i take that into my daily life as well there are going to be things that happen but next pitch what what am i going to do next how am i going to handle this how am i going to respond and uh if there's anything that you guys can leave with today it's the only pitch that matters is the next pitch you might not be baseball fans but you can certainly understand that <laughs> yeah. yeah that's so good like stay in the present moment guys and just uh, i'm not even going to follow it up like just listen to what rob said on that one and take it pitch by pitch so love that final gem and now we're gonna, before we hop off here, let us know how we can support you. You got the podcast going. I'll tag the, the link for that in the show notes, but anything else you got going on or something that you're looking forward to, let us know so we can get involved. Um, as of right now, it's just a podcast, but I also post uh, something called Transformation Tuesdays on my Instagram. Um you know, I tweet little nuggets periodically as well. So uh, if you want to give me a follow um, on Instagram, it's Rob Parson underscore MPC. That's M as in Mary stands for mental performance coach. And uh, on Twitter or X now it's Rob Parson 23. Um, I'm in the process of 
building the career a lot better but so you'll see much more of me in coming years but uh, that's what i've got going on right now awesome i'll drop your instagram in the link or the links below as well so everyone can stay in touch elevate their mental performance and just uh i actually encourage you guys to message rob and let him know a golden nugget from this conversation so you guys can do that with the link below rob thank you so much for transforming our performance today you gave us some awesome tools to optimize our unique systems and i can't wait to hear how those listeners put that into action they'll definitely send you some messages see what's going on there you lead by example and the world is a brighter and better place because of you thank you so much for sharing your insights with us and i'm excited to continue growing together Man, thank you. It was my pleasure. And again, thank you for having me on. Man. This is this was a lot of fun. Always good talking to you. And I look forward to those messages, guys. I really encourage that as well. So thank you again. You know, as, as I say in my business, success leaves clues. And yeah. you're <laughs> you're 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 just leaving clues all over the place. So it's, <laughs> it's really cool, you know. Yeah. Now you're dropping some clues for us. So it's perfect. (laughs) Are you ready to take charge of your health and transform your life? Well, get ready because we have the solution for you. Introducing the Nova Fusion 21 Day Wellness and Resilience Challenge, the ultimate program designed to stack massive momentum, achieve peak performance, and spark your transformation. In just 21 days, you can experience a total wellness revolution. Our challenge is jam-packed with daily inspiration, education, downloadable resources, and exciting challenges to keep you fired up and on track. But that's not all. When you join the challenge, you'll also become a member of our exclusive Nova Fusion family. Together, we'll support and uplift one another as we continue to grow and thrive. Unlock the secrets of the world's best wellness and resilience practices to stay mentally and physically fit for a lifetime. From renewing healing practices to transformative high-performance techniques, we've got you covered. And here's something that sets us apart. I believe in these practices so much that I'm offering a money-back guarantee. That's right, if you don't see results, you can get your money back so you have absolutely nothing to lose but everything to gain. So what are you waiting for? Take advantage of this limited time opportunity right now. Go to novafusion.co slash challenge to sign up and embark on the journey of a lifetime. Let's spark your transformation together. I can't wait to see you on the other side.